0: This program is brought to you by Abiding Above Ministries. Well, I want to talk about something that a lot of Christians struggle with, and they really, they always have. And it's the whole issue of eternal security. Assurance of salvation. Have I genuinely been saved? A lot of people wonder, am I truly saved? And of course, saved in a very basic way is, you know that you've been indwelt by the Spirit of God, and that when you pass from this life, you're going to find yourself in the direct presence of God in a place called heaven forever. A lot of people wonder, am I really going there? You say, I want to be sure that I'm a child of God, and that's the title of this message, how to be sure you are a child of God. And the first point is you must rely on the Word of God. So what I encourage you to be in the Word of God, read the Word of God, get up an extra hour early if you can, at least 30 minutes, spend time in the Word of God every single day. It's not just a discipline to endure. It should be a desire of the heart. And I can tell you this, those who spend time in the Word of God, meditating on the Word of God they overcome those doubts and they have a no so salvation they have assurance that they're truly born again and so to know for certain you are a child of God involves knowing and believing what God has written in his Word John chapter 20 verse 31 listen to this but these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in His name. Notice, he's talking about the Scriptures that have been written, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in His name. And then First John chapter 5, verse 13, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. You see, God knows all things, and there's nothing that God cannot do. And all that God wants us to know, where does He tell us? What He wants us to know, He tells us in our Bibles. Because mankind does not know anything about God except what God reveals to him in his word. Primarily, God tells us about himself in two ways. There is a natural revelation, a general revelation, where you walk outside and you just look up and see that beautiful moon. So there's God's general revelation. You can see the moon, you see the stars, you see the sun, and you say, there must be a God. Then when you take walks in nature and you look at the flowers you look at the trees you sit on a bench and you look up and watch a bald eagle fly you know there is a god everything has a design but then there's god's special revelation and we have it in our laps in our hands it is god's holy word we call it the bible You see, in God's Word, we see how the world around us came into being. How sin that separates people from God entered the universe. How man was created. How man became a sinner. How God loves man. How Jesus came to die as our substitute. And how we can be saved is all found in the Word of God. And the fact that He's given you and me a home in heaven. But I want to tell you, and I love you, so listen. I believe that many of God's children all over this world doubt their salvation. And the reason they doubt their salvation is because they're allowing a lot of things and stuff to crowd out their time with the best thing that they have, and that is the Word of God. Amen? I encourage you to begin even today. Get by yourself somewhere. And read the Word of God. Even if it's on your iPhone, just begin to read the Word of God. So, take the time to read and meditate on the Word of God. And I want to tell you, you'll begin to have assurance that you truly are saved. You will know, I am a child of God. We see this in James chapter 1, verse 18. It says, In the exercise of His will, He brought us forth... Notice, by the word of truth, so that we would be a kind of firstfruits among His creatures. And then in First Peter chapter 1, verse 23, For you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable and imperishable, that is, through, listen, the living and enduring word of God. Now, God's word here speaks of a living and an enduring word. You see, God makes the miracle of a personal relationship with Him. He makes this happen through His Word and by His Holy Spirit. And so, listen, to neglect the Word of God, don't see reading the Word of God as a legalistic pursuit or a personal discipline that you must do and master. See God's Word as a love letter you cannot wait to get back to. Knowing that each time that I read and meditate on the Word of God, it changes me from the inside out. It helps me to see things more clearly. Don't neglect the reading of the Word of God. And young people, your mom and dad, maybe they're good about reading God's Word. Or you say, my mom and dad are too busy to read God's Word. That doesn't mean that you can't go ahead and read God's Word, even if they're slack on that. Begin to read God's Word. And husbands, if your wife may not be that interested in the things of God and the Word of God, keep reading God's Word. But most of the time, it's the wife that's interested. The mother the husband is just too busy to spend time in God's Word. It doesn't matter. Each individual will stand before the Lord one day, give an account of his life, be the kind of child of God that's in His Word. You see, God's Word is like a seed. It's carried into our hearts. We exercise faith, trust, and his life begins inside of us. And from that day and for all eternity, we enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ through his word and by his spirit. Second Peter chapter one, verse four says, For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may, listen, become partakers of his what? divine nature you say what's the divine nature is Christ in you you see when you become a child of God by the reading of the Word of God and the realization of the Word of God that's revealed to you by the Spirit of God when you become a child of God his Holy Spirit comes into you and so therefore you are a partaker of the divine nature you don't become divine you're not deity You're not God, but my friend, listen, you are like God, but you're not God. And the more you give way to him, the more you become like Christ. I heard someone say years ago on this particular verse, he said, partakers of the divine nature. He said, it's like we're spiritual Siamese twins with God. I'm in Christ. Christ is in me. You're in Christ, Christ is in you. Together, we're partakers of the divine nature. He's in us, we're in Him. And the Bible says we're in Christ together, members of one another. And so, there's a partaking of the divine nature as we come to the realization from His Word and by the Holy Spirit. Romans ten seventeen says, So faith comes from hearing, and hearing... By the what? Word of Christ. Romans fifteen four says, For whatever was written, notice, was written in earlier times, was written for our instruction, talking about even today, so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. You ever lost your sense of hope? My friend, we can lose hope by being so busy doing good things, that we literally physically drain ourselves from doing the main thing that God has called us to do as Christians, go and make disciples of the nations. Now, the more we hear and meditate on the Word of God, what happens is our faith, our trust, strengthens. But if we say, I'm just too busy to read God's Word, I want to tell you, your faith will weaken And even if you have assurance, you may begin to wonder, am I truly saved? You think about Jesus. He was both God and man. And one of the first things you see in the Gospels is he was led out to the wilderness to be tempted by who? By Satan. Satan is the ruler of this age. Satan is affecting everything that we see going on around us right now. He is affecting us. And it's that same Satan that tempted Jesus... In the wilderness. And in Matthew 4, verses 4, 7, and 10, listen to what Jesus did. He said, it is written. In verse 4, verse 7, Jesus said to him, on the other hand, it is written. In verse 10, Jesus said to him, go Satan, for it is written. Listen, you and I can do the same thing. If we meditate faithfully and with love in our hearts, on the Word of God. What will happen? When temptation comes, the Spirit of God will serve up to our hearts and our minds what we have read. And you'll be able to say the same thing to Satan in a moment of temptation or a moment in times or seasons of hopelessness. You can say, Satan, it is written. And you can quote verses to him. So, number one... You must rely on the Word of God. Number two, you must remember the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is another reason that you and I, even if you say, well, I just can't be that involved in church. That's between you and God. Make it a point to say, come Sunday morning, me and my family are going to be in the house of God, and our culture is going to church less and less and not feeling a sense of conviction by the Holy Spirit about it, and so you must remember the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus died for us, but he also died as us. His death for us and his death with us declares us no longer guilty and declares us righteous. Romans three twenty four says, "Being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus." So, what does this got to do with doubting of salvation? My friend, listen, you're going to doubt your salvation if no one ever tells you fully what happened to you the moment you were saved. The Bible says you've been justified. That means you've been declared righteous. We are right now and eternally declared righteous. You say, I don't feel righteous. That's in your emotions. That's why you need to be in the Word of God. And you have to rest in the facts of the Word of God, and you have to tell your feelings to set down behind you where you belong. Romans 3.24 says, "...being justified as a gift by His grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus." Romans 5, verses 8 through 9, "...but God demonstrates His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, much more than having now been justified." By His blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God. You say, I don't understand these things, okay? Go home and meditate. Romans chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. And this is what you're going to be discovering. This is what the Word, the living, eternal Word of God is saying about me as His child. And when you read this, and you listen to this, this is what happens. That doubt of salvation, that lack of assurance, that fear that I'm going to die and not go to heaven, I'm going to die and go to hell, that begins to dissipate by the living Word and by the work of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8, verses 28 through 30 says, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined, to become conformed to the image of His Son, so that He would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom He predestined, He also called. And these whom He called, He also justified. And these whom He justified, He also glorified. You've been justified. And the simple way we teach children justification is we say, it's just as if I'd never sinned. It doesn't mean you've never sinned. It doesn't mean that you weren't born dead in trespasses sins. But when you believe the Word of God and you receive the Spirit of God within you, you've been declared righteous, you've been justified, and that is forever and ever. And as you walk in the understanding of this and thank God for it, I want to tell you, your love for God, when you realize, if I had not, I would have been separated from God for all eternity. And so he says uh, we're justified. And these whom he justified he also glorified. So right now you and I are declared righteous. We're justified. But not only that. We're eternally sanctified. We believe. And it's what the scripture teaches. When you're born again. My friend listen. You are a saint. You're sanctified. The verb sanctified means to make holy. Holy. Or to set apart for God, to reserve for God. Now, I know what you're thinking. Just picture my Bible, Christ. Picture my notebook, you. God placed you in Christ Jesus, just like that. So there you are. You're in Christ. And He died on the cross with you. He died on the cross as you. You were buried with Him. And when He was raised on the third day, the Bible teaches... You were raised too. And when he ascended from the Mount of Olives and sat down by the right hand of the Father, God sees you in Christ, seated by his right hand, justified, declared righteous, sanctified. You are a saint forever. He sees you glorified. This is true of you. You say, why are you talking about all these things? Knowing this causes doubt, to flee. You have to on your own be in God's Word. Third and last thing is this, you must observe the Holy Spirit in your life. As you observe God working both in you and through you, you will be sure that you are a child of God. Sometimes we can get so focused trying to master the Bible that somehow we don't come to the stark realization that I need to let the Bible master me. Sometimes we can get so focused on doctrine and so focused on teaching that we have not realized that what we're teaching hasn't dawned upon our own consciousness. Sometimes we get so focused on memorizing Scripture and being able to say them verbatim that we have not realized that we really haven't deeply realized what we've been reading and studying in the Word of God. That's why you hear your pastor say often, we can know God's Word very well, but if we don't appropriate what we know and walk in the Spirit with what we know, we won't experience all that we know, even if we haven't memorized. Romans 8, 14 through 16 Again, for all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery, leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons, by which we cry out, Abba, Father. Verse 16. Listen to this one, if you don't get anything else. If if you say, I secretly doubt, and it gnaws at me every time. Listen to this. The Spirit Himself testifies... Look, with our spirit. You see, we all have a spirit. We're made up spirit, soul, and body. And God's Holy Spirit, big S, and your human spirit, little s, when you believe what's written in the Word of God and the Holy Spirit makes it real to you, you receive that divine nature into your human spirit. And verse 16 says, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit. We are children of God. If it's bothering you and you're not certain that you're born again, I want to encourage you, begin again to meditate slowly on the Word of God and continue on. And that doubt, that worry, that wondering will begin to go away. Verse, Romans 8, verse 17, And if children... Heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. You say, what's an heir? It's a person who is entitled to an inheritance. The Bible clearly says about God's children that we are blessed with every blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This is what's holding back many Christians. I'm just not sure that I'm born again. I don't know what it means to be in Christ. I don't know what it means to be in Him. Corey Tin Boone, she was a Jewish woman who found herself in concentration camps during World War II. Listen to what she said. She said, too many Christians live as beggars. It grieves the Father when we do not live as rich as He is. You and I are in Christ who is everything, and Mr. Everything is in us. You say, well, how in the world did this woman get to know the things that she did and how God just used her in a mighty way? How did this happen? I believe through the fellowship of His sufferings. Look at Romans 8:17 8, through 18. And if children... Heirs, also heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, so that we may also be glorified with Him. For I consider, listen, that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. I believe this, the level of love that we have for God determines the time spent in the Word of God. Don't do it as a personal discipline. Do it because you simply love God. Don't compare yourself with others. Don't try to outdo others. Just simply spend time reading the Word of God. This doubt will begin to go away. You'll begin to see yourself the same way God sees you, declared righteous, sanctified, glorified, in God's mind, already in heaven, at His right hand. You'll begin to see this in those doubts will go away. You know, we all love the old hymns of the faith, but I have come to the realization that sometimes we sing old hymns and we love the old hymns and they're full of doctrine. I love the doctrine. But we could sing these from our childhood and never realize what we're singing. It was either A. W. Tozier or Donald Gray Barnhouse, I don't know which one, was out west Driving through the western part of the United States, he had to stop and get gas. And there was a man pumping the gas, singing Amazing Grace. He was pumping gas, singing Amazing Grace, and either Tozer or Barnhouse, whoever it was, went back to the back and said, well, you must be a Christian. He said, I don't know what you mean. He said, you're singing Amazing Grace. He said, I used to hear my mama sing that when she was washing dishes, looking out the window at our farm and so he said I love it he had an emotional attachment to one of the all-time great hymns of the faith well there's one we've been singing a long time written by fanny j crosby and it's called blessed assurance listen to the words here blessed assurance jesus is mine oh what a foretaste of glory divine air of salvation purchase of god born of his spirit washed in his blood remember the death and resurrection of christ stay in his word on your own be under the hearing of the word the reading of the word meditate on the word just keep on that doubt i promise you it'll begin to dissipate it'll begin to go away perfect submission perfect delight visions of rapture now burst on my sight angels descending bring from above echoes of mercy whispers of love perfect submission all is at rest I in my Savior am happy and blessed watching and waiting looking above filled with his goodness lost in His love. We've been singing this forever, and everything I just taught is all right here in this old hymn. Amen. You've been listening to Abiding Above Ministries with Chris Hodges. If you would like Chris to speak at your church or event, please go to our website, abidingabove.org. God bless you and make you a blessing.